0: Today's reading is taken from Psalm 16. It'd be great if you could follow along. Um, unfortunately, no one can bring your Bible, and I don't know what page it's on. Psalm 16 Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, You are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, They are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who who counsels me even at night my heart instructs me i keep my eyes always on the lord with him at my right hand i shall not be shaken therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices my body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of death nor will you let your faithful one see decay you make known to me the path of life you will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right
1: hand. Well, it is really great to be able to look at God's word together. And we've just had Psalm 16 read. If you had that on a phone or a paper Bible, it'd be great to have it open so you can follow along. And I'm glad to be here sharing this with you. Let's pray before we look at the Bible. Open our eyes, Lord, that we may see wonderful things in your law, Amen. Well, one of the things that's difficult to do at the moment is share experiences. I wonder what your experience of this pandemic season, this strange time has been so far. I'll tell you a bit of mine. My beliefs haven't changed. I still believe there is one God who is love, who made the world. I still believe his son, Jesus Christ, became one of us. I still believe Jesus died to make us perfectly right with God. I still believe that if you or me trust him and come to him, we will be perfectly right with God forever. And I still believe, even though sometimes it's hard to see, that God is good and just and is bringing something good out of this terrible situation. I believe all that. But feeling it... Knowing the comfort of God's presence day by day, I find that harder. Like many people, I've had moments of overwhelming anxiety and in the background just a um, sort of um, uncertainty that gnaws away. Will everything be okay? What will happen to my family and my friends and the work that I do? You can comfort yourself by saying, I'm sure it will be okay. But of course, no one's actually able to make that promise. Who knows what will happen in the future? Certainly not me. That's why I've been enjoying going back to this psalm, Psalm 16. Look at verse 1, what David, the psalmist, says. He says, keep me safe, my God. For in you I take refuge. I love that. He's saying, listen, I know I found refuge or safety in you, God, but I still feel like I need you to keep me safe. See that? This isn't the prayer of someone coming to God for the first time and seeking safety because they never knew God before. This is someone who has taken refuge in God in the past, but still looks at everything going on around them and says, but Lord, please keep me safe. Please look after me. Please preserve me. God, I don't feel safe or secure. I don't feel like you're looking after me. You know, I do trust you. I believe in you. I'm one of your people. I've got to do that. But God, please, please, will you do something to preserve me? Now, that's a familiar experience, even for Christians. That's why this book of the Psalms we're looking at over these next few weeks is so great. They're very honest. And actually, this is our honest experience, many of us at a time like this. We trust God, we take refuge in him, we have entrusted our lives to him. That's what being a Christian is. But actually, we don't often feel very safe. And so we're crying out to God, please look after me. And that in itself is a prayer of faith. But it's worth noting that by verse 9 of this psalm, David seems to have moved to a more settled place. By verse 9, he has reached the point where he can assert his security. And not just on an intellectual level, not just sort of, I'm sure I'll be all right. But his heart is glad, he's singing, "Oh loud, he's sure that his being will be safe. That is the offer from the message of Christianity this morning properly applied. We're not doing this, so just so people can watch and think, oh, that was a reassuring thought. I feel better for a few minutes and then try and get on with normal life. The offer from Christianity is much more than that. It doesn't work that way. It works this way, that you entrust yourself to God and he fills your life with a life-filling, all-consuming joy. That's what David finds. And the first thing he does to make that journey is that he decides. Look at verse 2. I say to the Lord... You are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. He's decided, hasn't he, to turn to God and he says, God, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. It's so definite. It's so active. He says it to God. And look what he's expressing. Apart from you, I have no good thing. Now, what he's not saying there is that there's no good things in the world. There's lots of good things that are helping us at this moment. Technology, as we're discovering. Good food, being able to connect with friends and family. Those are all good things. But David's saying, my decision is, my worldview is, if I was separate from God, none of those things would be good. He says, you're in charge of my life, Lord. And if that wasn't the case, nothing that was good would actually be good. He resolves that. He says it as a commitment to God. If I didn't have you as my Lord, I wouldn't have anything good. And as the sort of corresponding other side of that, he decides something else. Look at verse 4. He says, those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods. Or take their names on my lips. You see what he's saying? Because I realise that other gods in this world only lead to emptiness and sorrow, I won't pour out their libations of blood. That means he lived at a time where people actually made blood sacrifices to wrong gods. But David's saying, I'm not giving away my lifeblood to a god which isn't a real god and only brings sorrow. What on earth has that got to do with finding security? Well, why is it we often feel unsafe? Why is it that life feels unsteady? Why is it that we feel, oh, the things I'm relying on might not hold me here? Well, it's because the things we're relying on might not hold us. Never has that been so exposed to us as it is now at this time. Just a few weeks ago, it feels like a different world. I was sitting in Starbucks around the corner from here and looking at a bit of the Bible with a friend, a bit of the Bible that was saying, it's better to trust God than any kingdom of this world. And we were having a discussion about that's very hard to believe because the kingdoms of this world look so powerful and able to do anything. Well, they don't need look that way. now, I do that. It's not hard to believe that anymore. The things we rely on often just can't hold us. And this deep desire we have to be back to normal, I have it too. We need to be careful that that is not just, well, I hope I can get back to offering my life to other things. Hope to get security from seeking the best relationship or success or family life. Whatever there is that you've been giving your life to, you may well have discovered in this time that it doesn't provide the security you thought it would. We don't want to rush back into giving ourselves to that. We have a moment of clarity here. A moment of clarity to decide that apart from God, those good things aren't good because they demand our lives and they don't provide security. Maybe that moment has revealed this to you. The very things you've been aiming for, giving your life towards, are not bringing real security at all. The sorrows of those who follow after other gods will increase. And I've had to ask myself, how much is my fear about these days because I've been chasing after other things? Thinking that they kept me safe and suddenly discovering they don't. My sorrows have multiplied because of that. And so David says to God, he approaches the real God and says, I've realised away from you, nothing is good. Those things promise to make me secure and safe, but they don't. But you are my Lord and I want the security of you being in charge. It may be you want to take this time to say that to God for the very first time. That you're watching this today and everything that you've relied on is gone. And now is the moment for the first time to go to the God that we meet in Jesus Christ and say, listen, I've just realised, away from you, nothing does the job. You could pray that even today. I had a good friend at university who was struggling with a very serious addiction and he described the experience like this. He said, I feel like I'm drowning and I know there's two caves with air in. One is going to God for help and the other one is my addiction. And I always end up bobbing up in that one that's my addiction because it feels so safe and familiar to me. But it's like I get there and discover the air is poisoned. Doesn't do any good for me at all. Those are the moments, he said, that I need to decide to say to God, listen, in that other cave, apart from you, there's nothing good. Just before we move on, it's worth seeing how and practised, actually, the psalmist does this. His method for looking to God alone and not worshipping other gods, is to delight in God's people. Often, not always, but often, when people are struggling with the confidence that they are safe with God, it's because they don't belong to and enjoy any Christian community, helping them see that. And David says, I decide by saying that to God, and then I delight in God's people. Now I've got to say, it's pretty hard to do in person at the moment. But I do want to say to you, whether you are a faltering, crushed Christian, or you're just a worried, unsure person, not sure of what you believe, we are creating ways for you to engage with a community of fellow pilgrims and truth seekers, even at this difficult time when we can't meet physically. And there's an invite for you to come and join some of us for Zoom coffee at the end of this service. That might be a great way to start if you're feeling unsure and insecure. So he makes this hard, definite, gutsy decision a commitment. But when we do turn to God and ask for his help, when we say to God, without you I have no good things, the next thing we see is that is not a miserable decision. That is not a decision where we feel told off for getting it wrong. The second thing he does to find the safety that God offers is that he delights. He delights. Look at what he says. Verse 5. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. He's not just saying the Lord gives me everything I need. It's far more intimate than that. He's saying the Lord is everything that I need. When we turn to God and confess to him that we've nothing good except him, he doesn't sort of sniff and nod and say, yes, how foolish you were to look at other gods. He draws us in and gives us everything good by bringing us to know him, the amazing, eternal God of love and mercy. That's the essence of Christianity. Life is about knowing God. And when we say to God, listen, all good I have is in you, He gives us the best thing back himself. And as David says, that makes our lot secure. Our lot is just what God has given us. And if our lot, what he gives us is himself, well, he never changes. He is constant. He is endlessly compassionate and gracious and kind and beautiful. There is so much security in just having him as your portion and your cup rather than endlessly striving after things that actually in the end bring no security. Look at the other benefits for David of having God himself as his prize in verses 7 and 8. He says the Lord counsels him. He says, I keep my eyes on the Lord and I shall not be shaken. He knows each day God's guidance and help and counsel. That's a strong word that means the close advice of a trusted friend. And because he's set the Lord always before him, which is an amazing picture of just always choosing to see what God's like. He'll be able to stand because his eyes, his focus are on that unchangeable Lord. He's the God who doesn't just give us good things when we ask for his help. He gives us himself. I had a friend of mine who was thinking of moving to be a Christian missionary to a country that is closed to the Christian message. And before he went, he was sitting on a table um, at an evening where people were asking questions about Christianity, people who weren't Christians. And his co-leader, who was a Christian said, of course, some people make big sacrifices because they're Christians, like my friend John here. John said, "I, I don't really think about it that way, to be honest, now that I've decided I have nothing good except God, and so I want to do what he wants, even if it means giving stuff up. What I've discovered is not only that I'm getting to know this amazing new culture. I met lots of wonderful people from all over the world. I just feel like I know God so much better. It's amazing. It's a gift. It's not that he's a particularly holy person. He's just found what this Psalm says is true. If we truly live like there is nothing good apart from God, we find the delight of knowing God, knowing his close guidance, knowing the security that comes from him, not that false security that comes from other gods. And that's what you're welcomed into, David says, even at night, even in the darkest moments, the most alone moments, you're welcome to do this instructing, close heart relationship with the God who's really alive. We have an opportunity for that in this moment. Of course, you can just, if you want, try and distract yourself out of what's happening. Hold your breath till it's over. Then breathe in everything you were breathing before. But this is the moment when everything else is stripped away that we could really learn to say to God, Lord, you are my portion and my cup. You're the one that I want in the centre of my life. I want my life to be yours and to be satisfied with you. I want to know your counsel and guidance rather than all the other gods that usually distract me. I want to stand firm. It's not just listen and feel better for a while. That's not what we're about here. It's enter this delighted, consoled, close, even at night heart relationship with God. Maybe you're watching lots of TV at the moment. That might be a good gift. Maybe you're reading lots of Twitter, probably less of a gift. In these moments of quiet, you could decide. Tell God you want him, not anything else. And then experiencing the delight of knowing him, wouldn't it be amazing if many of us emerged from this terrible time with the gift of a deep, satisfying delight in the Lord? And as David says, as he does that, his heart is glad and his tongue rejoices. You know, it's been a mark of the times I have been able to connect with our church family uh, through technology that people have loved it. I've loved it. Oh, it's, People have said, this situation is scary or this thing that's happening is hurting me. But praying together, delighting in others, looking at the Lord, studying the Bible. Well, my heart has been glad and my keyboard has rejoiced. Here's the third thing David talks about in this psalm, death. No matter how secure you felt until a few weeks ago, Coronavirus has pushed in our faith the threat of death. Our whole society is living in fear of that. Now, we're paralysed by the fear of death. Well, look what David says. You will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. Even when I physically die, which we all do in the end, starkly facing that moment, he says, God's delight in me and my delight in him will go on. And so I rest secure because even if I should go to the grave, I have nothing to fear. He will not let his faithful one see decay. Now that sounds too good to be true, to be honest. Can I really have a security that doesn't balk in the face of death? Well, the first Christians thought people could. Peter, one of Jesus' first followers, actually said this psalm is about Jesus. He points out actually in his talk that he gave in this psalm in the book of Acts that David, the writer of this psalm, didn't actually do the things he said. Specifically, David uh, did actually die. But also, he didn't always delight in God. He didn't always chase things. Uh, uh, chase God instead of other things. He got those the wrong way round. He was actually shaken from trusting in God quite a few times. No, Peter says, this psalm was actually a prophetic reference to Jesus. He is the king who David was pointing to. If you read about Jesus' life in the books we call the Gospels, he is the one who always lived only for the delight of knowing God. And he is also the one who did not stay in the grave. He is the king who conquered death. But that means the offer of this psalm is more certain, even than it was for David. Because Jesus, the one who went through death, says death will not be the end of our security in God. And I haven't always lived as if God is the only good thing, and Jesus did. And where I haven't always delighted to know God, Jesus did. And where I haven't yet had to face death, Jesus did. And God did not abandon him. And when I trust in Jesus, he gives me all the right things that he did in place of the wrong things I have done so that my hope, even in the face of death, is strong and secure. God's promises of a satisfying real relationship with him That's the only rock-solid thing in life and it's not even defeated by death. Well, it's all very well. What does that actually mean we should do? Well, it means we should decide and delight. Maybe first decide. Maybe the reason you feel insecure and distant from God is because you're actually trusting in things which can't provide security. Maybe that the reason for your misery is that your hope is in something apart from Jesus has just become clear overnight as those things have been stripped away. Resting your hope on things which ultimately will only multiply your sorrows. It's time to decide. It's time to turn to God and say to him, apart from you, I have no good thing to look for joy and safety where it can be found. I've been learning this over this difficult period. I need to decide that there are only good things to be found in life if first God is the Lord of my life. If I go back to him and trust Jesus to make God my Lord. And certainly if you are a Christian, while God will never let go of you and you always really will be secure, you won't feel that security. If you don't decide, that's the way you're going to live. And maybe you're watching this and you've never done that. You've never gone to God. You could do that today. Turn to him. Say, I've realised, apart from you, I've got nothing good. Maybe it's time to delight. Maybe you're a very sort of sound Christian. You know the truth, but you don't really delight in the amazing thing it is to know God. You don't get the joy of how we've swapped something weak and passing that leads to sorrow for something wonderful and reliable and lasting. The God who gives us the best he could give us himself to know and be guided by and be always set before us now is a good time to evaluate that. Where's my delight? If it's not here here in God what's happened? And maybe you're facing something harder than any of us could know in your Christian life now. So me talking about delight all sounds a little bit off the page. And all I can say to you is God's not going to let you go if you've trusted Jesus. Not even to death, our worst enemy. He can keep us through that. Even if we end up dying, he will keep us through that. How do we know? He kept Jesus through it. And so he can keep you through whatever you're facing before that. He has got you. Keep me safe, Lord, for in you I take refuge. Here is a daily plan to fight insecurity in troubled times. Decide. Delight. And entrust God even With your death. Let's pray together. The words we used at the start of the service What is your only comfort in life and death? It is that I, with body and soul, both in life and death, am not my own, but belong to my faithful Saviour, Jesus Christ. He has fully satisfied for all my sins with his precious blood and redeemed me from all the power of the devil. He so preserves me that without the will of my Father in heaven not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed, all things must work together for my salvation. By his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life, and makes me willing and ready from now on to live for him. Amen.